Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 15, a select button guided podcast. Every week, we select three games at random, you get to vote on which one we play, and then we discuss it using the five standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which are vanity, mystery, poetry, harmony, and gun. I'm your host, Virtual Clint. Uh, our co-host, Courier Rice, is uh, out sick, unfortunately. Um, but I today I am joined by... It's me, the birthday shrug. I'm 35 today, which means my old parts are officially expired. I forgot it was your birthday. Happy birthday, shrug. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday shrug. You made it. Thanks. And it's me, Talpa. I wasn't sure what the O parts uh, were supposed to be, but I did pull a monster out of a hole, so I think those might be it. I'm no code. I think it's supposed to be like a like a like an like a short version of like out of place parts. Well, I'm Fagin. I'm just here for the horses. <laughs> All right, and oh, <laughs> that's not a horse. <laughs> Um, okay. Close enough. Close enough. Yep. It's like a small horse. Um, so this week, uh, to clear up the confusion about why we're all talking about our O parts, uh, we played Maten Densetsu Senritsu no O parts, or U parts, if I, because there are two O's there. Uh, but it's a Japanese only RPG. It was released in 1985. Uh, it was developed by Thinking Rabbit. Uh, which is a, a company probably best known for publishing Sokoban for the very first time, which is a weird thing to know. <laughs> and their logo is adorable. Their logo is adorable. It's this cute little rabbit. It's like basically one line made into a rabbit with a little dot for an eye. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, this was their only Super Nintendo game, uh, and they didn't really do a whole lot. There's they They're known for like... 10 games or they they have like 10 known games i think this is the last game isn't it it might be (laughs) this might be their last game um and it was published by takara who i didn't care to research because i already did all that research on thinking rabbit so fuck it um but yeah and i asked everybody to play an hour of all parts uh but how long did you play uh and about how far did you get in the game i played about an hour and a half i did not get uh, particularly far because I missed some vital systems uh, playing this game where a lot of things are in Japanese, though the like most key parts of the menus are English, uh, fortunately, for ignorant people like me. And I just wandered the blighted future wasteland uh killed some mutants question mark in s&m gear and finally found a dungeon at the tail end of that time and the first encounter i ran into in a barren room i got slaughtered and that's it i'm a bad wasteland wanderer yeah, uh, for I think five hours, I got kind of into this game, but you know, I played at least until the bar in Shinjuku where I tried to order 
a bottle of gin, and the bartender told me that I was too young to drink and gave me some juice instead. Um, I'd say I played like an hour thereabouts of this game, uh, it doing what Shrug did, wandering around the, uh, you know, Tokyo has been destroyed and been turned into a fetish party, and I just wander around, uh, beating up fetish people. Uh, pulled a pulled fluffo out of a hole, and uh, didn't really accomplish much of anything. I only just found the level up screen. I played I played about two hours, and I uh, I got through one dungeon and then made it to a second dungeon before throwing up my hands and hitting the escape key to stop playing this game. <laughs> I don't blame you. I played about. Maybe about two hours. I got to a greenish dungeon and uh, just got frustrated because this uh, the dungeon just seemed long and pointless. Um, just boring. Yeah, but we'll get into that. I want to mention. I want to mention two things. Um, the first one is I forgot what uh, the first one is. The second one is O parts is an actual uh, real thing. It's short for out of place artifact, and they didn't make up this uh, this phrase for the game. It's not your typical like, oh, I took a real life thing and then just smashed it together. Um, an out of place artifact is sort of it's sort of in within the realm of conspiracy theories. It's we found an artifact that appears to be ancient, but really shouldn't be uh, in that p- place or time. So, for instance, there's something called the Baghdad Battery which was a vase and rods made in Parthian or Sassanid Persia. Anyway, it may have been used as a galvanic cell for electroplating, though no electroplated artifacts from this era have been found. So people look at that and they go, oh, you could have used that for electroplating. Why did somebody know that if electroplating wasn't a known thing? It seems way too far advanced for the time frame. So that's what an out-of-place artifact is, and seemingly it has no bearing on this game whatsoever. <laughs> But uh, with that, let's get into our very first topic, which is gun. Um, And this game, actually, you can start with a gun, which is nice. You can upgrade your gun, although there were limitations on that. But uh, what, what was this game's gun like? What do people think of this game's gun? The uh, the uh, battle victory music is gun as heck. I just played it right there, so you could hear it. Yeah, the <laughs> the victory music is almost ominous. I felt like it was really strange. You should you select things from a menu. This is this is one hundred percent a like early Shin, Shin Megami Tensei clone. And it, that, I love, I love that. So I'm fine with that. It looks nice. That's all I care about. Yeah, it's it's very much a, an SMT clone. You wander around uh, in a city as an arrow. That's a very specific thing as well. You look like a little arrow pointed at the ground. You find people. You talk to them. You get in random encounters. Eventually, you find first-person dungeons. Um, you walk around the dungeons, get in random encounters, etc. Um, you convince monsters to join your party by being nice to them. So it's really, it's very Shin Megami Tensei. Or you shove the monsters deeper in their holes because you don't understand the menu. Yeah. yeah. Even one of the uh, repeating tracks in the game is actually uh, 
Sounds like it's lifted wholesale from the intro from uh, the second Shin Megami Tensei game. Oh my god. Yeah, this game feels like a... I mean, to me it feels like not just a clone, but like a very poor reflection. Like somebody took a Xerox of the first SMT game and just... <laughs> like 35 times, and that's what we get. It definitely feels like one of those uh, PS2 kind of budget games they replaced every day released during the PS2 era that would be that would only come out in Japan and then eventually Europe, but no one would know about it because they were terrible. I don't think this game is terrible. I think it's fine. I don't know. I don't actually understand what people's problems are with this game so far. I want to get because I I wonder if we didn't have very different experiences. Um, I the biggest thing for me was that at first, okay, there are a few kind of neat mechanics so you don't earn experience points and then level up in one big chunk you earn energy points which you can use to upgrade your stats one by one um, each stat being more points or you can convert those energy points into items which seems to tie into the plot of the game if the google translate thing was and the weird walkthrough on game faqs is anything to go by it seems like the main thing that separates your main character from everybody else is that he can create a weapon at will, just like by thinking real hard about it. So I think that's what's happening when you're doing, you're creating items just at will. Um, yeah, but- there's there's a few characters that are established as being able to make psychons that can fight the monsters in inhab- Akihabara. Right. And so this is that that ties into that theme. I didn't figure out you could do that for a while. I only figured out leveling up. Um, so that was frustrating. But um, so that was one thing was that I just felt like I couldn't stray very far from home base and leveling up is really, really slow. Like it doesn't seem to make that much of a difference. So once I figured out you can make I, I say figured out Tulpa said it and then I actually realized what that meant. Um, <laughs> once I figured that out, it, things were a lot easier. But then it was just a drag. Like it didn't feel like there was anything interesting. Like the the combat is very dragon questy. You just smash the button until everything is dead. There, I didn't have any special attacks. The only thing I could choose was what monster do I want to kill first, and I didn't, I didn't like that. But I was also dying a lot. Like in the very first, before I figured out I could make items, I was dying, and I had to heal a lot between every battle for a very long time. So I'm wondering if Mike, because there's five characters you can choose from, I'm wondering if I picked the really weak one or something like that. Oh yeah. Did- do, does everyone know the names of the characters they picked, or we could just go like which one they were left left to right? Uh, I picked uh, the second one, whose name is Rai, I think. Uh, and that I never died. Like I never, I came close to dying once when I was just uh, pushing myself too far into the dungeon. But that's it. I think I picked the fourth, third, or fourth one. It was a nerdy. Dark-skinned kid with glasses. That's all I know. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He picks the same one as me. Oh, fuck. So then that's not different. I picked the, I believe, the furthest to the right. The one with a big square jaw. uh, Because he seemed like the probable archetype to ignorantly... Uh, or with which to ignorantly brute force your way through everything. And I did not die a lot. I died a couple of times, but you seem to have a lot of HP starting to soak stuff up. I picked the uh, the default lady in the middle. She looked like she had a uh, 
and get her done expression on her face. Uh, is that crazy? Get her done. So I believe I also went with her, uh, Raji, I believe it was uh, her. And then I also did the first time I played, I was uh, Rai. Okay, so it seems like three of us at least were, were Rai at some point. Um, interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. I just found this game to be a real drag, you know? Like, this... You go to, you find a dungeon. I found a dungeon took me like an hour to get there because I kept missing a spot that I could go farther south. So that already annoyed me. And then I get all the way down to the bottom of the dungeon, find the thing that I need, which if I hadn't gone a different, if, if I had missed something in the overworld would have told me I couldn't have gone in there, which would have sucked. Um, and then it's not like, oh, transport back to the top or go somewhere different. You have to walk all the way back up to the top. A, every random encounter. Just oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawler. Like that—that's the genre. It's just random encounters, and they're not generally very thrilling. Like even in Shin Megami Tensei, like the first two, the fights are very straightforward. But don't you? It, at least in those games, you could talk to the demons or something, right? Like you can talk to the demons in here. It's just not all of them. I only found one. Uh, there's a second one, and I'm saving her name for uh, poetry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was the other thing, is I felt like like what I was hoping would be that I would be able to talk to multiple monsters and said they're scripted events. It's not like SMT where you can talk to any monster. It's a scripted event that either you succeed or fail at. Yeah, I think most of my positive feelings are this, is that I've got a like an internal metric for how i regard uh, dungeon crawlers it's they can either be really good and very hard with like a lot of choices to make and a lot of uh different uh things to do or they can be really easy and simple and uh just basically post-apocalyptic japan terrorism and this is post-apocalyptic japan terrorism there's like had to use the menus within the first 15 minutes there's no challenge in this game yeah, I guess that was honestly my problem with it. I just didn't feel like it was very interesting. I mean, if it had been more interesting, then I wouldn't have been able to play it because I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> so I guess it's good that it wasn't that interesting. Otherwise, I would have been stuck. I just draw the art mostly. And then the monster designs are actually really good, and the, and the encounter rate's uh, really good too, actually. Yeah, the encounter rate's fairly low, which is nice. I felt like that was good. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I, I think that I have a lot less patience for... I, I think I have the opposite feeling in some ways because if I, if I want my if my game's going to be easy, it better be Dragon Quest. It better be very charming and fun and you know kind of nice to look at with lots of monster designs versus this, which is very grim and you know well BDSM demons and stuff. It's just you know I I don't care for that aesthetic, I guess. So maybe that's maybe that's the issue. I don't care for the aesthetic so much. Yeah, maybe because I love the, the aesthetic in this game. It just looks very '90s anime OVA. I love how the Rob Helford zombie, uh, the uh, the RPG damage numbers come out of his mouth. So he's singing the damage numbers. Oh, you hurt me very badly. That's me singing. I hope it didn't just sound like terrible noise. Uh, my my uh, my headphones are broken now. Thanks. <laughs> as are all of the glasses in my room it's terrible <laughs> though i do have to i do have to, to uh that or i do have to uh say that there's not enough actual 
a variety of monsters in the first area, which makes it feel slower and more of a drag than it actually should be. Because once you get to the second area and you have like twice as many monsters, twice as many kinds of monsters showing up, it's a lot more interesting. There's only three monsters in the opening area. Three. Four if you count the one that appears uh, once you go into any of the dungeons. There's two dungeons in the first area. Yeah, so there's a total of four monsters, which I saw over the course of two to two and a half hours. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the thing that got me, because I really was like, if all else fails, at the very least, I'll get to see some cool monster designs. And I felt like even that, I didn't get to see that many of them. So although Topa has posted a screenshot of what looks like, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin describing this. It's like a giant goblin looking face, but that's sort of a torso. Then you've got a human head above it, and it's got two arms and a little knife and jester pants and also three balloons attached to its back. It's just completely way out there. And an extremely long tongue. Oh, that, yes. And the tongue sort of doubles as like a scarf almost. Gotta have that tongue. It's It's a a scarf than a loincloth. There you tongue. go. Apparently, oh, one of the loins. One of the monster designers also worked on stuff like Enemy Zero and uh, Shin Megami Tensei Four, uh, kind of numerous different things. Well, really? SMT Four. <laughs> well, that's okay. So that's interesting. So this didn't just like this wasn't a bunch of designers that just evaporated. So you can see some of their their impact later in life, which is good. Um, because I feel like this game, as much as I'm ragging on it so far, um, I feel like it has the potential to be really interesting and it would have been neat to see, like, how a team would have taken this and looked at SMT and how that progresses and, and made their own sort of version of it. Cause there's not really a lot of, at least in my, my feeling, there's not a whole lot of SMT ripoffs. Like, they, they just don't really exist that much. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say outside of, like, Black Matrix. Yeah, there's not too many, really. Yeah. Uh, my uh, One of the gun things about this game that I liked, and it's it kind of is also a vanity thing, uh, the weapon upgrade system is interesting and a little complicated, and I figured it out through trial and error, and uh, I was really satisfied because it made this game even easier than it already was. Basically, you have... A, a numerical limit for one of your stats is IMG, which I speculated just meant imagination uh, for how strong a weapon you can make. And uh, you also spend the energy you collect from random battles and random discharges of plasma in the dungeon uh, in order to improve your weapon. But it's a large lump sum, so it takes a little bit of effort to save up that much. But uh, there's a huge variety of uh, weapon sprites, and they get modified by uh, all of the different things you can change, like the damage class and attack type and uh, magazine size, etc. So I enjoy just playing with that menu. I'm just into how much like a weird cobbled together. I can't form sentences today. It's my birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah, I like I like birthday. Uh, I just I've only seen the starting gun, but I like how much of a 
cobbled together wreck of a firearm. It looks like it looks improvised. It looks like the firing pin is some sort of weird plunger that was taken off of a machine somewhere that was repurposed to hit a freaking primer. It's great. The trigger's in a weird place. Yeah, strange box. It almost reminds me of the rocket launcher from the first Resident Evil. It looks weird as hell. <laughs> yeah, I could not figure out the uh oh my god your imagination is so high sorry um i could not figure out the why i couldn't make certain weapons but now that makes sense you have to have a certain amount of imagination to make a really cool sword versus just you know a, a little stabby blade there are a lot of varieties on that weapon sprite that one is my favorite it's like it's completely impractical you've basically got like a little hilt kind of thing wrapped in what appears to be twine. And then there's a short chain, which maybe appears to be a foot long at most, and then a very wicked-looking curved blade, almost like an axe head, but, like, meant to sacrifice people. I can't imagine doing anything but grievously injuring yourself with that, but I love it. It is a psychically controlled weapon, so I think you can safely keep yourself from death. It's not like flails, which never actually were used historically. What the fuck is that last one, though? I can't even read that. Oh. Is it a slingshot? Yeah, it's a slingshot. Uh, oh. The weakest gun you can make is a slingshot, and I think that's charming. That's very charming, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cute. I, I thought... actually kind of want to switch over to using an energy slingshot for the rest of this game, which I might actually play. Oh, that's awesome. I really hope you play it all the way through. That'd be cool. <laughs> but yeah, what else do we have for... For gun. Most of my complaints are in gun, so, you know. <laughs> it does also take far too long to introduce the different item types that actually vary to the combat, where it doesn't really exist at, at the beginning. It has a very slow Dragon Quest-style start, where only attack and defend for the first, like, three hours. Uh, but in one of the dungeons, you find the items for, like, uh, physical defense buffs, energy defense buffs that uh, uh, do actually alter how the game feels. Like, like uh, You can make yourself immune to damage from uh, almost immune to damage from particular enemies, and it does actually matter later on when the enemies are stronger, so you know, it's very slow to introduce its like central mechanical ideas, which I think can be read as a flaw in today's time, but I refuse to. <laughs> well, I mean, to read it as a as a, a game of its time is important, I think. And yeah, it's slow. I still, it, it, I think I'm I'm too impatient anymore. Like, I I can't. There's a whole swath of Dragon Quest games I can't play because they're too long and too slow. Like the very first one is great. That thing's a, a you know. That's a comic book of an RPG. It doesn't last very long, which I appreciate. Uh, Dragon Quest Two, on the other hand, is like three times longer, and it's like, okay, this is too much Dragon Quest for me. I'm not gonna. I'm never going to finish this. <laughs> so, is it actually three times longer? I thought all of the Dragon Quests up until like uh, up until seven were about the same, like twenty to thirty hours length. I mean, I was playing. Uh, part of the problem is I was playing the first Dragon Quest on the Game Boy remake, which is about half the the length of. 
the original, I think, simply because you level up much faster. Um, I And I wonder if they didn't make the same changes for the second game or something like that. Maybe it was not really that much longer. It felt longer, though. I felt like I was not making any, like, strong progress uh, in, in that one for a very long time. And it could have been because I was... I think you switch characters in that one, right? Like that's the one you can where you can play as Turneco and a couple of other characters. But doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just not patient <laughs> enough. Do to do. But yeah, I think that as a game of its time, it sounds like it had some interesting ideas. We I just didn't have the time to to actually get to those or the patience. Um I like the idea of using items as your sort of special attacks and defenses versus skills. But do you ever get any skills other than just to attack? I assume that heroine who can use psychic powers does. Yeah, I, I'm. I haven't actually gotten to her. I'm, I'm like right before uh, getting her, but I assume she gets an extra menu item f- to use her uh, ESP powers. Oh, one of the other gun things, uh, which I barely explored because I wasn't really confident in what would be effective and what wouldn't be. Uh, the defense stat in your level up menu works different from the others. You only have one stat that you increase, and then you distribute the points amongst uh, three types of defense, which means you can make yourself very, very resistant to like physical damage and weak to uh, energy damage if you wanted, for instance. You can also shift those basically at will, I think. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, you only increase the one stat to have your pool of points that you shift around freely. I do kind of appreciate, like, on a thematic level, um, you do everything with your mind in this game. Like, you're le- you're spend it, you just spend energy to, like, make things out of thin air, it looks like. I'm not sure. But, like, it is kind of nice that you have an item shop with you wherever you go. It's really convenient. It's nice that, like, you ba- you don't really have to do a whole bunch of like shop hunting in order to get things done you kind of just do it as you go along it's convenient it's nice i mean people were like the people who were praising final fantasy 13 for anything were praising its removal of uh shops and stuff and uh sorry but this game did it first (laughs) yep see i have i actually have a bit of a a problem with it because i think when you design your game around that so like the big thing with Dragon Quest games is that you push yourself as far as you can go and you try and use exactly 50% of your resources so that you can get back to town safely without dying. And then um, what, what you end up doing is going, you know, pushing yourself maybe to 60% and then it's a real struggle to get back home. That's the interesting part of Dragon Quest to me. When you remove that, when your shop comes with you and all you have to do is kill another enemy to get a little bit more money to buy some healing items, then you've, you'd, you can design your whole game around that. So each encounter is much harder, requires much more of your resources. What you end up doing is using a fair amount of your resources in every fight, or at least I was. And then going into the items, using an item, and then continuing on. And so there's no real challenge, and there's no, like, risk, uh, but it's just sort of tedious. And I actually kind of don't like that. Um, I like it thematically, though. I like the idea that you create everything with your mind. I think that's really clever and fun. I think you could implement this in a better way as well, um, but I, I'm just not as much of a fan of it. You know, like, the energy system is basically the same as, like, souls, if you use the same currency for uh, increasing your attributes, like leveling up or like buying items or equipment, uh, you have to decide like 
what's worth more in the moment. Right, which is kind of interesting as well. Like, I like that idea. But in my mind, what happens is I'm thinking, how can I uh, reduce the amount of points I'm spending per fight? So my most important stat all of a sudden becomes defense because the less damage that I take, uh, the less money I have to spend healing myself later and the more experience I can put into defense and, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, so it ends up being I, my attack doesn't go up very much. Because I'm just trying to reduce the amount of um, damage that I'm taking. There's also a weird... You could also say that hit points are important because all of the healing items are percentage-based. So if you increase your hit points, each per, uh, each uh, healing item actually becomes worth more in a way. So it made me think about the economy of the points, which is, is interesting. Again, I do think it's an interesting system. Um, I just, I just, again, I just found it to be like tedious in practice in some way. Maybe I'm not creative enough. Maybe I don't have enough imagination to actually, uh, use those systems in an interesting way. If this yeah. was harder, then the energy system would make more sense, I think. I mean, even as it is, I assume the difficulty will ramp up in the later areas. Um, I do have to say that, like, uh, there are. When I was playing, my strategy for reducing how many resources I used was maxing out my attack as fast as possible, which actually meant dumping all of my points into IQ so that I was a boy genius of some sort that could make the best psychic weapon. And that's, I think, probably a better plan, because if you can kill every hit less that you have to do is is less items you have to spend because they get one less turn. I was dumping it. I honestly wasn't even dumping it into defense. I didn't think about that until the end i was putting it into my basic attack like stat because i didn't realize the way that you could make weapons and stuff so i think if i was i wonder if i was to start again or like to actually go through and make my imagination better and get better weapons that i would have a better time playing this game and one of the other things about the uh resource management like game in this uh yeah, I agree that if the early areas were harder and forced you to make uh, tougher choices, that might be more fun, but it might also just be more tedious because it would mean that, at least if you're like me, you would just retreat back to the very first uh, free uh, in and heal up in between battles instead of spending any money on items. Um, and because I was... So reluctant to spend uh, my uh, energy on items, I was often caught in situations where I was a turn or two away fine if I didn't actually uh, use all of the options I had. Yeah, I, I think you're right about it. If it was more difficult, you would just hang out around the beginning area and level up and then just, just get that back to the difficulty level it's at now. I mean, I think that that actually... I'm. I feel like Dragon Quest and Dark Souls have this in common in that their death penalty is actually fairly mild. And so you are encouraged to take risks. Um, you know, when you die in Dark Souls, yeah, of course, if you have humanity or whatever, it's a bigger deal if you die. But, you know, you can actually recover everything if you get back to the spot you're at successfully. And even if you don't recover everything, it's not like you're permanently losing progress in any way. Um, you're just losing this currency. In this game, when you die, you have to load from an old save. And in fact, you could even get stuck that way. Like, let's say you had used all your items and all your energy and you still had low hit points and you were far away from a healing spot. Um, you could get stuck completely. I don't think that's likely, um, but it could happen. So, I think the only situation that could happen is if you 
uh, have somehow gotten into like single digit hit points and you have a second party member, which should be impossible, honestly. Like, I can't imagine that happening to anyone. It happened to someone, I guarantee it. If this game's sold enough copies, it happened to someone. Well, all y'all are talking about game stuff and the implications of systems I've been doing important research. And I just have to say that I really dig how making the magazine larger on this particular damage class of pistol makes the barrel progressively longer. I just noticed that just now. Yeah, that's one of the things I meant about how va- uh, about how it's kind of a half-gun, half-vanity thing with the weapon crafting system, where the sprite changes uh, markedly more than you would think uh, from just changing those basic parameters. You, you can make your magazine up to 100, by the way. I want to point that out. And the, the most powerful gun, at least the most powerful gun you can get at this point in the game, you can make with your mind at this point in the game. The first little sprite change you get is a change to your magazine size. Like, it actually sticks a bit further out of the heel of the weapon, but then you get a scope and then your barrel gets longer. So you just keep getting longer barrels. Also, it doesn't really have a trigger. These are some crazy guns, y'all. They're psychic guns. They don't need triggers. You trigger it with your mind. <laughs> uh, uh... Since we're on, we're essentially on the topic of vanity, I'm happy moving on, but do we have any other uh, gun-ish notes? I think I covered everything that I've encountered so far in the game, and I don't think anyone's played more than me so far, so. I think you're right. Nope. All right. As usual, Tulpa's the true gamer. Um, so let's move on to our next topic, which is vanity. which is where we usually talk about music and graphics and things like that, those lovely things, but we could also talk about the vanity of existence in playing games. Um, but <laughs> what did we think about vanity on this game? How did it look? How did it feel? This game looks nice. It's, yeah. It's, it has a... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I just like the way everything gels together. The intro is really uh, way more interesting than the game is. I didn't, I, I didn't really understand what was happening except that Japan was floating and there was a big face and then I fell out of the sky somewhere. There's a big Rutger Hauer face. Yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, you also have a headache at some point and fall unconscious and then get by a creepy doctor who gives you uh, your interface. And that's what Vanity thing I liked, is that the uh, game's interface is, is uh, narratively explained and has... And is, uh, what's that word for uh, when uh, diegetic. digital things said it? Yeah, yeah, diegetic. Yeah. But the word for when digital things have an aesthetic resembling real things. Oh, fuck. What is that word? Skeuomorphism. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And the interface is very skeuomorphic. Like, uh, you have a little uh, eyepiece thing where you're during battles, and uh, uh, 
your map display has the compass directions imprinted on it because you're hooked up to a satellite system. I really like that how uh, you still have a little icon. So, I mean, you have your HP and your psi and your whatever, which is not relevant to you at the beginning of the game, the second one. But because it, you're, it's presented with a little eyepiece in first person, you're looking at a portrait of yourself in the game. That's funny. <laughs> That's fun. I mean, it's just like looking at that portrait of yourself in Wolfenstein 3D or Doom. I always get rid of that. No, I don't. You definitely don't. I, I lied. I just lied. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a liar on my birthday. That's the only day when you're allowed to lie, so you did it. Yay! Congratulations. I did it. It was all worth it. All these terrible years. Uh, I think it was Toops posted on Facebook that uh, he was 420 months old, which I had to go to Google and type that in, and that was 35. So you're 420 months old, yeah. Yeah, Toops is exactly one day older than me, (laughs) which is why I have to... I am... Always telling him that his birthday is just Shrug's Day Eve. <laughs> nice. He's just first loser. But yes, I thought this... Ga- I liked the the idea that this person hands you your interface. That's kind of nice. Um, it, it, again, feels like SMT, where it's like you're carrying around a PC with you, and that's how you talk to demons, is you have this, like... <laughs> conversion device but you know it was interesting um the monster sprites the four of which that i encountered uh very very nice um they're weirdly bondage specific seemingly like there's definitely a spiky bondage cop i don't know what was going on there (laughs) rob halford i don't know what that means rob halford except hell halford i i don't know (laughs) I think every post-apocalyptic thing of a certain era just had to have uh, fetish gear in it because Road Warrior, full stop. Yeah, it's basically Road Warrior um, trickled its way into Fist of the North Star and then made its way into the rest of everything. Oh, Rob Halford is Judas Priest? Okay. Yes. I get it now. I get it now. Yes, this looks like Rob Halford with spikes and also great. Rob Helford. I get it. The numbers come out of his mouth. He's singing. Ah. Singing your doom. Y-M-C-A. It's time for you to die at the Y-M-C-A. Y-M-C-A. But yeah, I liked uh, I really liked the monster sprites in this a lot. I thought that the background art was uh, pretty good as well. Like there was um, the dungeons were boring as hell, but there was uh, the backgrounds for like the overworld battles were were really nice. Um, oh shit, I forgot to mention something in Gun, which was the dungeons, which were like. There, oh God. So there's one where you go into where it's like, oh, you go into the subway, and then it looks like an office complex, and then there's so many pointless rooms. Like, you go, you know, down a hallway, and there's a door on your left and a door on your right, and both of them lead to pointless rooms, and you can see they're pointless from your mini-map, so why even go in there? Like, what the fuck? 
that's my primary issue with this game is just the the, the amount of pointless rooms and long dungeons. But that, the aesthetics are great. It's just like real life, though. Just like my life. Oh. And that's what I want out of video games is my life replicated only with fetish monsters and weird long-barreled super guns wielded by psychics so i don't see what your problem is <laughs> well i've never been in a subway that looked like an office complex that had a series of rooms with nothing in them <laughs> well you're not way itself you're in in the just the actual subway station which those things are very complicated especially uh in tokyo yeah, you know, I, I have been, I, I was in a subway station once, and uh, it looked like an office complex, and it had eight floors down, and you just kept going down, and there were no trains. So yeah, no, I, I, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry, it's really realistic. Um, sorry, I'm being a dick. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, but you do find trains. Uh, actually, the first dungeon you go into is not a subway complex, it's just a special defense for force uh a warehouse oh. the second dungeon is a subway complex and you uh uh you basically follow a train track for an hour or so and then it's actually really funny to me that they made the train tracks realistically very long <laughs> okay so i I, I I misread the walkthrough. I thought I was going into the subway twice for some reason, so that was my bad, I think. But yes, I did find a train track in the other subway complex. Um, so yeah, that makes that makes more sense. I like that the Special Defense Forces warehouse um, was like all warehouses, eight floors down and extremely linear. Um, but yeah, no, that that makes sense. I I'm glad it's not realistic because if it was realistic. It would be like one building with lots of aisles, and you would just go down all the aisles until you found the thing you needed. It would just be like hellish Ikea. It would be like Ikea, I guess, in that case. So. Maybe it could be like Oni, everyone's favorite game. Uh, where they got a natural architect to design that nightmare that's exactly like a real airport, so you can't find anything ever. Fuck. Yes. There's also a, a warehouse in it that has realistic side sub floors, and it's very tedious going from floor to floor, clearing them. It's great. It's wonderful. Best Love game it. ever made. Game of the year, 2018, Oni. After Defender. I shouldn't say that like that. Defender is genuinely the best game ever made. You heard it here first. Wait, is Defender that one where you fly a little ship and you shoot aliens before they can abduct people? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's a very good game. <laughs> I only played it on the Super Nintendo, though, shamefully. Uh. I know. I mean, it fits in at least with the podcast, though, so it's okay. Um, fuck. The music in this game alternated between being pretty okay and just five seconds long and repeating. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that overworld music is really repetitive. Oh, the dungeon music is worse. If you think the overworld is bad, the dungeon music is literally about 15 seconds of music repeated ad nauseum. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only like 
I'm pretty sure it's only like two measures of music just over and over and over. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I do have to confess that I just muted the audio after the first two hours because I, I didn't care. I, I would just listen to podcasts instead. Yep. <laughs> so awful. Oh, God. I'm actually afraid I'm going to run out of music for this. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Yes. No, the music in this game is only... Like, I actually really like... The... I think they reuse the title music for when you're um, messing with your stats as well. I liked that. Uh, no Code, you mentioned it sounded like Super Metroid, and yeah, it totally does. <laughs> yeah. Getting that live rendition. <laughs> Oh god. Oh yeah, and the click click of walking. It doesn't sound like footsteps. It sounds like you're I don't know, progressing forward on a train track. A it's so bad. I don't know. It's thematically appropriate. I suppose it is, yeah. I suppose you do it walk is. down actual train tracks for a really long time. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I quit there. I cuz I was just so over that. I don't know. I yeah, I am just What, so... you're you're not into train cosplay? <laughs> Wait, that there did you did no one else actually get to the first boss fight in the game? Nope. Oh, I didn't take a screenshot of it. Of uh, the first boss fight is just a bud monster that pops out of the train tracks. It's great. I am uh, I am in the middle of a session right now. I might get there. I'll take a picture if I do. Excellent. Yeah, I can't play because otherwise you would hear the game audio over everyone else talking. So I would honestly be playing this trying to get a little bit farther because it does have a certain, I think because it is so easy, it does have a certain like, oh, you could play a few more minutes, you can make a little bit more progress. And you can't, you know, as long as you're careful, it's not like you can uh, really die or get stuck. So yeah, I could see why why somebody would like this. I just, I didn't have the patience for it. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. I think this is almost like a good Mega Ten Light. It's just it doesn't quite make it. I think it is a good Mega Ten Light, uh, but I also think people are maybe over elaborating what went on in Mega Ten One and Two and Shin Megami Tensei One and Two, because those games are, if anything, just as barren as this. And that may be true because I I only played them briefly. I didn't really get through them either because I just don't have. God, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to say it a thousand times today. I don't have very much patience. <laughs> the SMT uh, games are just as like obtuse as this is. Yeah, I, the only one I put any real time into was uh, SMT4. Um, which and, and then I played a bit of Persona on the PSP. I probably put about four hours into that and probably about eight hours into, into four. And uh, just I just play three, them. play Nocturne. None of, the other, none, none of the other games matter at all. Just play Nocturne. I think one is good. Eh, it's not Nocturne. <laughs> is, it's, can it... it's basically the same as this, which is why I don't hate this at all. Why I think it's pretty good. Like, uh, It's just as tedious in a lot of ways. Actually, it's more grindy, if I remember. So, like, what's Nocturne on? Is that PS2 game? Yeah. Okay. Can you emulate that now? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. You can totally yeah. emulate on uh, PCSX too. I do it all the time. All right, maybe I will play that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Nocturne actually emulates very well, but I would never condone doing anything illegal on your computer. Well, you can also get the uh, Rido version in English now, apparently. So if you want Rido instead of Dante, uh... that's the sound of whatever that means going over my head. <laughs> oh, the American edition of Nocturne features Dante from Devil May Cry with a giant sticker on the box saying that it features Dante from Devil May Cry. Uh, but there was a second edition, uh, the second like director's cut edition of Nocturne in Japan that features Raido Kuzunoha, uh, who was a character in another of their game series instead of Dante. Wait, can I date Dante? No, you can't date Dante. But Dante can join your party. That's why, the entire gimmick. Why can't I date Dante? Is there a game where I can date Dante? There's a novel where you can do that. Is there Dante negotiation in Nocturne? Actually, did Nocturne have like as elaborate a negotiation system as the earlier games? I think that's one of the ways it improved. By the way, I'm sorry if you can hear my cat. Meow. Uh, yeah. I, I. It seems I don't. I don't really have a lot of experience with the SNES SMT games. It's like it's as it's as dense as like SMT four, is it not more? Mm, nice. Yeah, I liked how dense SMT four was. My favorite thing is talking to demons. Like I should I if there was a game where you just talk to demons, can you recommend that game to me? Because that's gonna be my jam. <laughs> my favorite Cosm- thing Wait, Cosmology of Kyoto. Play that. There we I go. I was about I was about I got jinxed by Tulpa. I'm Googling this, like, right now. <laughs> A.K.A. The, the game that Ebert liked. The only game Roger Ebert liked. And Gil- Guillermo del Toro mentioned it as one of his favorite games. Along with Asteroids and Galaga. Perfect. It's a remarkably creepy, spooky, atmospheric game, given the limitations that they were working with. It's really good. Nice. Okay. Well, that's good. I like this. I like this. This sounds like uh, me. Speaking of remarkably spooky and atmospheric, my Google for is there a game where I can date Dante from Devil May Cry has not netted any relevant results. So that's sad. Oh, Home of the Underdogs is still around? Fuck. Really? I thought that got shut yeah, down. an entire thread about writing our bottom lines from Home of the Underdogs. But I thought it was from like an archive.org version of it. Yeah, because the actual website is broken in 90% of ways. Oh, uh, I'm trying to download Cosmology of Kyoto from Home of the Underdogs, and I don't think that's a good spot to do it. Archive.org might actually have Cosmology of Kyoto. I would check there first. Oh, it does. Ah, fuck yeah. All right, this might be my next project. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not encouraging anyone to do anything illegal. I'm just telling them where they can do things that are questionably legal. Okay, look, it's not illegal if no one cares. (laughs) Okay, look, it's illegal. Don't pirate games. I'm not going to pirate this game. I'm going to find a CD version of it on eBay. 
and thus give money to the original creators. A, as God right? intended. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> what else? I mean, what else do we have on vanity? The dungeons look. The, the, the dungeons are the two that I saw were very boring looking, but you know, whatever. Um, what else? I think there was supposed to be like some kind of pseudo transparency thing going on with the dithering, but I couldn't get my CRT filter to uh, emulate that properly. So I'll pretend that there's a pseudo transparency in this game. Super Nintendo features no one cares about. I uh, I wonder. There are certain things about the Super Nintendo you just can't emulate when you don't use a CRT TV like I do. I use a CRT TV for all of these. <laughs> I don't. That's a lie. I don't have a CRT TV. I saw my neighbors had. Uh, a pink and purple flowery TV that was obviously a tube TV, and they had it next to a pile of other garbage that they have outside, like tires and old cars. And it was, it had a sign on it, it was like, free, we don't need it. But it had rained for like two days straight before I saw it, so I didn't pick it up. Which is probably, it's gone now. I probably could have made it work. Anyway, <laughs> delving deep into tangent land here. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I mean, I feel like the the monster designs are really cool. Um, from what Tulpa's posting, I only saw the four. I there's one. Okay, this has got to be a reference to something. I don't know what. It's kind of a yellow staticky monster, and it it has almost a halo, but it's it's perpendicular to or it's not perpendicular to its body. It's sort of attached to its shoulders, like in an arc above its head, and it's also holding two things. But all I can see. When I look at it, is it looks like it's spelling boy, B-O-I, with the things in its hand and the weird halo. I don't know. Oh, I see that now. Uh, the name of that monster is Varumanika, which I have no idea what that's... Sp- the monster names generally have very boring names. Yeah, the names are incom- sorry, incomprehensible for some of these things. Like uh, the, the, the pink lady is called Devon for some reason, and... I thought the Pink Lady was actually supposed to be a stand-in for uh, Divine, like from the John Waters movies. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, but I thought it was just kind of a weird name. Yeah, I I, kind of thought that as well, that that was supposed to be uh, Divine. Though that that guy that has, like, a muscle scythe, uh, his name is Fury, which I guess kind of made sense. Uh, Rob Halford is uh, Gaby, which I don't understand. I think Gaby is my favorite of the uh, generic monster names, though my favorite uh, party uh, party member monster names uh, will come up in poetry. And we're all waiting for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, all I could see with that one was boy. And then, yeah, there's a muscle-looking scythe. I mean, it looks like it's made of muscle. It's pink and, and filamenty. It's gross. So... Uh, but yeah, let's see what else. What else? Yeah, that's all I got for vanity. I'm 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 out. All right, I think everyone else is out too. So we are going to move on to our next topic, which is mystery. Um, and I've got some. I've got a little bit here, but not much since I couldn't read this very uh, accurately, even with Google Translate. Uh, but what do we have for mystery? Here's a mystery. Here's a mystery. How do you speak Japanese? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> I would. I would settle for being able to read it. 
I mean, I think we came up with a fairly workable, if funny, solution of pointing our phones at the strain every five minutes to uh, use Google Translate photo mode. I would like to know what the ball was, or the balls were, because I asked a person to examine balls, and then I got a HUD for my trouble. That's Uh, your revive ball. (laughs) That's, That's the only out-of-place artifact you actually got. Uh, it's it's a magical ball that can bring someone back from the dead. Uh, yes. The ball of generation. Exactly what I've been looking for in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of generative force in this game. <laughs> yeah, I got... I looked... I saw that as well. Yeah, no, I pointed my phone at the screen a lot. And, yeah, it, it had some talk about balls... Every once in a while, I print. it talked about mosquitoes a lot. That was weird. You mentioned that yeah, as well. Yeah, what, what about the mosquitoes in this game? I never got that. Like, I never saw mosquitoes once while doing the phone doodle translate. I got mosquitoes as well. Yeah, I got then- a lot of mosquitoes. Like, everybody's talking about mosquitoes. And, like, because there, there's two ways to do it on your phone. There's a live translation, which is iffy at best. And then there's you can take a picture of it and it'll give you a better translation. Um, and in the the, be- the live translation is just as good as uh, the uh, walkthrough that you included with this game, uh, which means not at all completely incomprehensible broken English the entire time. Yeah, I the, the, <laughs> I didn't read the walkthrough until with I started. Mistakes everywhere. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> Have Mems examine the balls. Listen description. Theory month. Description and to do you you got the guide performance or <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of I have a few weird translations for uh for poetry. <laughs> but yeah, the walkthrough I included was almost entirely useless, if not actively harmful, although it did point me in the right direction at least a couple times. Um it, it was clearly written by someone who who English is at the very least a second language, they speak Japanese. They may speak a third language. Um, and I thought maybe it was just uh, a Japanese walkthrough that was machine translated into English. In yeah, that's, my, that's my guess, 2002? Yeah, in 2002. So they used Babelfish instead of like Google Translate, because Google Translate didn't exist. See, Babelfish, Japanese to English, was completely incomprehensible, if it existed at all at that point, because Japanese is one of the last machine translated languages at least in my experience so i actually think this was written by somebody uh but it doesn't make any damn sense um i'm gonna pull it up and see <laughs> see if there's any any choice bits here uh the nice thing about using google translate uh for this game other than the you know the sheer hilarity of it is that it it saved all of the translations that it did so i have like a whole list of stuff for poetry just from like the first 15 minutes of the game yeah, I that was a brilliant idea, Tulpa. I would never have thought to use my phone to translate my screen like that. That was really, really good. It was it was not just funny, it was really helpful in, in picking dialogue choices particularly and getting the general gist of what people were saying. I think that you could actually play through, if you had the patience, a Japanese only game like that. Um, and get the idea at least of what was going on. Because that's how I picked up on the fact that there are other people who had the ability to create weapons from their mind kind of the basic idea of where i was going wasn't bad i was surprised how okay it was yeah it doesn't really compare to 
a, a real translation to use the actual like highlighting text mode, but uh, it, it was perfectly adequate. The utilitarian sentences that were all over this game, like uh, you have to dare to plant a bomb, that stuff. There's a lot of that. There's not a lot of like context-free sentences in here. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it makes a fair amount of sense. The basic stuff and and the rest of the stuff, it doesn't really matter too much. So yeah, it's no, no, in no way is it as good as an actual translation. But it's you know thirty percent of the way there, which is good enough. It's better than I could do you know when I was a kid and playing games in like nineteen ninety eight with no translation. That was very different. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, sometimes when it met up it says just wonderful sentences so poetry is just starting to be filled with those i think yeah i think so and also the the live translation can think some it's up background sprite pixels as uh words so the screen is just filled with uh nonsense words all the time it's wonderful yeah, it's really strange um but yeah no th- this uh this walkthrough it has sentences that make sense i'm trying to find the one about bivouacking <laughs> that one doesn't make a lot of sense um but no it, it'll it'll say things like uh kojima there it is kijima says that he is bivouacking since he cannot go home while drinking coffee together kijima says that you can only follow the subway route going to shinjuku so that doesn't feel machine translated to me that's a, a good oh. sentence yeah, the bivouacking thing, I think that was just a weird translate choice for, like, buntering down. Uh, like, that that's the bookstore employee, right? The the rail station bookstore employee? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel machine translated. It feels person translated. And, but then you get weird stuff like this. The hairy monster that Yumiyoka was talking about has jumped out only halfway into the air. Which doesn't make any sense, but it's technically true because the, the, the situation here is that a monster is stuck halfway in a hole between dimensions and you can either pull it out or push it back in. So, you know, but yeah, I think this was a, this was written either by a Japanese person trying to write in English or somebody who knew both languages as, as second and third languages. Um, but it definitely not an, a native English speaker. So, but I, I applaud their, uh, their efforts and it did get me through a couple of the spots where i didn't know what to do hmm what other mysteries why the hell i I mean the the actual plot is a mystery like if anything the premise is interesting enough that i would have loved to find out what the hell was actually going on yeah i really love as like a fully translated script of this game so i could figure out what was going on because if i did i would probably play through it I would play through this with a translated script as well. I guess we didn't really cover the premise, which is that maybe we did and I just forgot. But um, basically... Japan is floating in the sky. Yep. Japan is floating in the sky and there are monsters everywhere. That's it. But it's an interesting Spanish premise. monsters. <laughs> yeah. And there are powers and those are the only ways to defeat the monsters. And uh, there are... Uh, there are out-of-place artifacts, which are really powerful. And there's a spies satellite that gives you your uh, user interface. And it's all weird. It's all weird. <laughs> yeah, the it feels... The professor's coat is pink. Why? Was the professor's coat pink? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> My bad. 
There we go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a, a ripoff of a uh, Okamoto, I believe, from uh, Shin Megami Tensei Two, who has a, a pink coat. So there we go. So even more even more connections to to Shin Megami Tensei is the pink great, coat. Great news. Great news. Yes, please tell me the great news. Very very relevant to this podcast. There is an online version of Cosmology of Kyoto available on ClassicReload.com. Maybe it'll give you malware. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Click at your own risk. Send me that link. I don't have enough malware. My immune system isn't very strong because I haven't encountered a lot of malware recently. All right. I currently have the uh, uh, game open with my camera doing a live translation of this uh, line of dialogue. Shops in was a mess. Horses coffee to sits where items won the item M.A. snake of. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, this yeah, the live translation is really bad for Japanese. <laughs> it is amazing though. Like, okay, this is a, this is a, a total divergence from what we were talking about. But um, the fact that I can point my phone at something and while I look at that thing, it will translate it onto the picture is amazing to me. Like, it blows my mind every time, even though it hardly works. The fact that it hardly works means that in twenty years it'll probably work pretty well. Like that that blows me away. It's almost like we had like a real life HUD for this game. Yeah, it's like that. Imagine if Google Glass hadn't collapsed into nothingness. You could just wear this and translate the game live directly into your face. I was using- this game. This game is a speculative future uh, story about if Google Glass actually succeeded. If Google Glass had succeeded, then Japan would be floating in the sky by now. Yes. No, that's Worth true. It. Your your HUD display is Google Glass. You're if a glass you, hole uh-huh. game. If if you got a Google Glass, you could be a glass hole, looking through the eyes of another glass hole through their glass. You could have a glass to look through your glass. Black Mirror season five. What if glass, but too much? Black Mirror, season six. <laughs> um, what were you saying, Fadian? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I like I like that Fadian is doing this from work. I think that's great. That seems like the kind of thing I would do from work. Sorry, I was just saying I used an on-screen uh, character re- recognition software to uh, translate all this, so it was a lot easier than just using my phone uh, if anybody does that. Wait, what? There's another? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, what? Uh, there's programs called like uh, Kanji Tomo, and um, let me look up the other one. Well, just Google a uh, Japanese on character uh, or on screen character recognition. You'll get all kinds of programs that will uh, scan the text box and stuff and uh, output it to text. It can translate on the fly, or you can copy and paste it into a translator. Oh, that's too much effort. I'd rather just, I'd rather actually like try and learn the language at that point. Uh, that's great, and I'm definitely doing that for an extra pan only game. <laughs> Are you going to start doing that? Actually, it's a pretty good idea for doing that for all of the 
horse racing game, so we have to play with 20 incomprehensible menu items. Completely. Yeah, that's what I use it for. There you go. Okay, that's great. Um, and speaking of horse racing games, uh, without Curry, I just sit on a topic forever. So let's move on to our next topic, which is... Oh, wait, it's the Salary Man Corner! Da-da-da-da! And this week we played... Oh, fuck. What did we play? I forgot to put it Leading in my Jockey script. Leading Jockey 2, was it? Thank you. Leading Jockey 2 sounds right to me. <laughs> so, uh, the whole point of Salary Band, we play these games for five minutes because we don't want to play them any longer. And we played Leading Jockey 2, which was a horse racing game. And unlike many other horse racing games, other than Battle Jockey, um, you actually get to race the horses! Woohoo! Uh, yeah, you control the horses in this one. That's basically all I have to say about it, because I failed one race and then stopped playing. I failed two races and then stopped playing. Um, any other thoughts on this game? I abstained. It's my birthday. Uh, yep, you are well within your rights. I always abstain. Ha 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 ha. I should get kicked off the pod. Nope, never. Shrug will be the last one on this podcast. It will be the Shrug cast. Your birth present this year is that you didn't have to play Leading Jockey 2. Yay. I chose mean, I... to play with my cat instead of this game. <laughs> Good. You know what? People are making wise decisions on this podcast. <laughs> but no, uh, this is probably the second best horse racing game we've had. Because you can actually control your horse in this one. Yeah, it's a very Western sentiment to be like, it's the best one because you can, you know, control your horse. But I, I agree. You whip your horse. You can... I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily a Western sentiment because there's plenty of Western games that are just uh, like video poker. I think it's just a very, this is actually a game and not just a training mode for becoming a middle-aged man, gambling away all of his wealth and ignoring his family for forever simulator. Yeah, I don't need training for that. Um, yeah, no, I mean you could you could smack your horse so you could really whip that thing. It didn't do me any good. Um, I definitely did not win either of the two races that I played, and in fact was so far behind that it was embarrassing. But I'm assuming that that's because you actually have to like feed your horse and raise it and make it better versus just hit it harder. <laughs> I felt kind of bad. I always feel bad with horse racing about how much they hit their horses. Wait, can you, can you feed your horse mayonnaise in this game? Because it's so game of the year. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I didn't translate the menus. I'm going to assume yes. Oh, God. Um, Just give it a straight diet of mayonnaise and it becomes this horse possible to get away from you. <laughs> yep, it sees that you, you, you just hold that, that can of mayonnaise jar of mayonnaise uh and yep it runs real fast it's like oh god save me yep yeah you're not actually hitting the horse you're just sprinkling mayonnaise behind it so it can just run away from it <laughs> i can smell it get me away from this that was the canonical series finale to mr ed wilbur just got out a big jar of mayonnaise and tried to feed it to ed and ed kicked him in the head left him for dead took off running and and it was a happy ending for everyone because then they didn't have to watch anymore mr ed some say it is still running and still talking <laughs> i'm never gonna eat that mayonnaise 
Is that a good Mr. Ed impression? <laughs> <laughs> Wilbur. All right. Um, that's what that's Mr. Ed. With wow, mayonnaise. this podcast is really going places. Yeah, we're we're I gonna think, be. I think we know what we're really starting to get a feeling for what Courier brings to uh, to the proceedings. Oh yeah, because uh, uh, if we had Courier here, th- they would have turned it into a horribly dirty joke. <laughs> it's true for 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 their mom for their mom hi curry's mom yeah. <laughs> hi curry's mom uh okay well that's enough for, <laughs> that's enough for leading jockey too um i'm happy to move on so uh let's talk about what's probably going to be my favorite topic which is poetry Um, most of mine came from, uh, Google Translate, and I have to pull that up on my phone right now. Uh, but what do we have for poetry in this game? Okay, so I should go first, uh, because I've been constantly talking about, uh, how excited I feel the names of your party members. Um, so the first one you find is named Ketsupada, uh, which... I assumed was supposed to be Casper because it's a fluffy white ghost looking guy. That I shoved down a hole. Yeah. Into the hole with you. Yeah, so first you get Casper the uh, post apocalyptic Tokyo ghost. And second, you uh, get a monster woman dressed all in pink with pink sword hands, and her name is Gilatina. And I am so happy about that name. Everything about that Super Sentai-style character. Guillotina, this sword-handed lady. What did you, now, what did you name Guillotina? Because we both know that Guillotina didn't fit in the, in the, the name thing with, uh, Romanized letter, with, uh, with English letters. Oh, I, uh, there's a six-character limit, so I went with Scythe-a. Which is good as well! <laughs> Uh God, I okay. So this is poetry and also related to what you were saying. So I had, um, I found that that hairy ghost, as everybody seemed to be calling it. That's the first uh, thingy. That's the first uh, party member that you can get. And when I tried to live, tra- it wasn't even the live translation. It was the real translation of what was happening. It said, "Where the fuck did I put it? Hold on, hold on. There we go." So I was rescuing the monster. I was pulling it out of its hull, and it said, quote, When I was stroking the bumped head, the monster came in my face with Ham's face. Like, oh, God. (laughs) It's so bad. So I named that character Bump. Yeah, sometimes the character recognition is often just makes uh, very strange things happen. Yeah, that was the strangest one. Uh, I did name my character Ham, so that's where the ham came from, but the rest of that was just strictly Google Translate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, what what were your favorite weird mistranslations? I had a very relatable one. The actual translation was, uh, I came from Akihabara, though, uh, which is something that my character said. But what Google translated it as was, I am afraid of Akihabara, which, you know, always feels relatable. 
I think it's a very common sentiment. The doctor uh, in the opening of the game uh, told me, uh, you came down from the ceiling. Do not get in or out of fun place. (laughs) So I'm wondering if like, did did we fall from the sky? Every once in a while, the no instant translate thing would decide that, I guess, some confluence of background or art lines were actually Japanese characters and suddenly English words would appear over the art at strange angles. And at one point when talking to the doctor, it said, Silver mine impressed thee, which I don't know what relevance it has, but I kind of like the phrase. I like that. And it was also, it was the same uh, thing that No Code was just men- mentioning. The, the text dialogue is represented as, and you falling have solder <laughs> from the ceiling Y and out of the fun way. Uh. <laughs> my, my favorite, probably just for like how casual it was, is you, um, in the very first thing you do, you fight, you have this giant face that comes up. Rucker Hauer face. And then you get the option of what weapon you want to use. And when I use the live translate, the two options came back as, look, I think sword or look, I think gun, which I just really love the casualness of, look, I think sword, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that I named my character F.U.K. because I'm juvenile. And when I found the monster... It's in the hole. It kept going back and forth between fuck of holes and fuck monsters hole. <laughs> um, so there you go. Fuck of holes. Sometimes, I don't know, it kept trying to tell me, sword hand force, a bell look, I think, gun. It kept trying to do things with the upper when you're facing the Rutger Hauer face. It kept trying to do things with the upper line. To gun bell. Two bell gun B. <laughs> Divining multi two look, I think gun. I think I think most of the poetry in that is in your delivery. <laughs> I one of the very first screens too, like it was doing that thing where it was, in, it, it was looking at the sprites and thinking it was characters, and it just randomly in the middle of the city said nightingale. Like, I just love this long word just sort of fucking floating there. Nightingale. It's really weird. Half of it N.A. Harry Monster is. If you read read N.A. as North America, half of it North America. Harry Monster is pretty accurate. See, the problem... We're getting at some deep truths here. The problem I'm having is I thought I saved a lot of screenshots, and apparently they just disappeared. I don't know what happened to them. They're gone. Which I'm bummed Sword about. to fire the girls were be. <laughs> Sword to have. I kept it kept when you meet the girl in the pink hat. It kept shifting the translation, and I kept trying to capture the best ones: re girls and fires and swords. But I don't think I actually got a screenshot of the best one. Have fire mems be. Sword have fire, the girls were. Sword to fire the girls, the fire to Hina girls were be. Girl fire mems, Taki be. 
No. In any case, don't men mess with a girl with fire and a sword, I suppose, is the lesson. Especially if she's so well turned out as this post-apocalyptic um, lady. She's got a good look. She's got shoulder pads. She has pink uh, anti-glare face paint. She's got a backwards baseball cap, also pink, a pink hoodie. Oh, my favorite character, Mako. Hmm. The bonfire girl. She's just she's just making a bonfire. But sword have fire, the girls. Where be? What's with the sword? Why do they keep talking to me about swords? What are you trying to get at, Google? I think maybe that might have been when she was talking about uh, the only other person she knows who could make weapons. I'm ruining the mystery. But we're in poetry now, so it's okay. I'm ruining the poetry. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. The mystery is past. Now we're into solving it with poetry. Sword to fire the girls. I have this sword, and you know what it does? It fires girls. Whoa, some of these character sprites are badass. She's got, like, at least a six-pack. Sorry, and now I'm just... It, there, it is very Mad Max in some ways. It's really great. Um, my favorite my, my favorite last translation was an accurate translation, but I just really like the phrase, because I was looking at stairs, and the, there were two options. One of them was uh, get down, and the other one was I will not get down, <laughs> which I really like as a way to turn down uh, a dance-off. It's like, I'm not getting down, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm staying right here. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Any other poetry? Everything in this game is about mosquitoes. Everything in this game. I saw that too. Yeah, I was really... The, the live translation would have mosquitoes and the good translation. No such thing. It's really weird. Like, all of the um, all of the dialogue options for, like, most of the characters, it's always like, mosquito, be a mosquito, go away. Those are the <laughs> options. Which, when somebody comes and annoys me, I'm going to be like, go away, mosquito, right? Like, that's a common phrase, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Have Mems examine the balls. Listen description. Theory. Bear five fingers month. Come description and to do be one performance, or... <laughs> hmm. It is amazing how apparently difficult it is to translate Japanese on the fly like that, which I just Broken love. Broken between the Mineral Springs Resort. Looks, Memsby. Looking for looking. That's one that I liked when you like want to examine or search or something. Often it cropped up as looking for looking. Oh, I'm talking to the psychic girl right now. Uh, the last party member you get. And uh, one of my... Dialogue. One of my dialogue uh, results is uh, me excitedly shouting, Japanese islands in the air? <laughs> Which is actually 100% accurate. It's not even a complicated sentence, so even I could figure it out. Lanka soldering guy is aerial. This is floating weirdly of neck of Iran. God, the translation's so bad. Uh, I didn't even save the worst one. Dreams of what? And then some sprites interpreted as over the flower. 
This is floating weirdly of neck. It's the truth. I'm floating weirdly of neck right now. Ladies, no. Um, all right. Fuck. Okay, we're just spouting gibberish now. So this is the end of the gibberish cast. Um, hi, Curry's mom. Hi, Curry's mom. Hi, Curry's mom. Um, fuck. Fl- uh, floating weirdly of neck here. I uh, didn't know if you'd heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Okay, let's let's move <laughs> let's move on. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You know what? It's fine. Uh, but let's move on to our final topic, which is harmony. Um, and I thought this game, I don't know, I always say this, I thought it set out to do what it was it was trying to do, um, just not very well. Um, but what did we think about this game harmoniously? I, I mean, I think I covered my perspective on this game. As far as early pre-Nocturne Shin Megami Tensei clones, one is a Shin Megami Tensei clone, and I'm fine with that. I like wandering around, looking at nice uh, weird bondage monster sprites and uh, uh, checking out post-apocalyptic Japan all the time. It's very aesthetically unified. It's got the weird bondage monsters. It's got the ruins. It's got the goofy fantasy weapons. It's got it all. Everything you need when you're Floating weirdly of neck or whatever it is I said. It doesn't got horses though. This does kind of feel like a game that like somebody like if I was fourteen, like somebody much older than me would like like show me this game as a curiosity in order to like prove to me that they're cool or something. Like I don't know, this is neat. It like it scratches my adolescent itch. Oh yeah, this is definitely a game that like 15-year-old me would have been a hipster about. Like, oh, have you ever heard of Maten Densetsu? Shin Megami Tensei. That's for... (laughs) I got the real shit here. I don't know. It's... it's, I kind of appreciate how, like, this is kind of SMT, but like a little bit more ramshackle. I always like these games, like this genre of dungeon crawler, because it's kind of like an approximate verisimilitude, like the way that it's supposed to be kind of realistic, but it's so like blocky and barren inside the dungeons that it's like, it it lends it a creepy atmosphere. I kind of like that. Oh shit, I found out what the plot is. I found it. I find it out. I finally got to that point. Okay. Okay. I was playing okay. in the background. There are five magical artifacts located around Japan that uh, are causing the condition where Japan is floating above the world and monsters appeared. And you have to get those five off to uh, save Japan. That's the plot. That's it. So, th- so this is like reverse Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> yes. And let me, <laughs> let me guess. Those artifacts are out of place. Yes, I believe they are out of place. Oh, 
parts. Oh, parts. We've hardly said that at all, and it's really fun to say. Oh, parts. Oh, parts. <laughs> oh, parts. <laughs> it's a me. Oh, parts. Oh. <laughs> it's a me. Oh, parts. Yo. Ho, ho. That's, a, that's a good impression, right? No, it's not. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry if you have any Italian descent at all. That was racist, and so is Nintendo. Four this... out of ten on execution, eight out of ten on racism. <laughs> uh, this game has uh, crashed trains in it. That's nice. I'm a big fan of trains that have crashed. It has an intersection that you uh, hit the Y button because the surface is just a big old image. And there's no clear indication of what spots you go to to enter places. You uh, hit the Y button and you get little diamonds that tell you where you can go to meet people and enter spots. And there's an intersection where there's a bunch of diamonds and you go, Hey, look, there's uh, potential for lots of events. Maybe people I can talk to. Maybe I'll finally find a dungeon. Maybe I'll pick up some stuff. And every single one of those little diamonds just leads to the exact same image of it's a collapsed entrance to the subway. But if you pick up the plastic explosive from the first dungeon, you can go into the sub. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, look at you all playing the game and knowing things about the game. Like a game person. I reject the. A gamer. You heard it here first, folks. Tulpa is a gamer. Tulpa is... A real game blaster. <laughs> oh, no. A real 420 game fan. 69 games. Games, games. <laughs> <laughs> On the Xbox... <laughs> I, I feel so, so insulted right now. <laughs> the Xbox 420. Oh, God. A real Doritos and do chugging game master. Oh, <gasps> uh, shit. Yep, that's Tulpa. That's <laughs> Tulpa to a T. Oh, God. A real Halo Fragmaster. <laughs> oh, what a Fragmaster you are. Oh, my God. I'm quitting the podcast because of Shrug. I knew this was going to happen eventually. We couldn't have a Shrug and a Tulpa on the podcast at the same time. <laughs> ah, fuck. Is this going to affect the D&D game? Uh, it just means I'm going to bully your character more. I'm sorry. Okay. That's but fair. It's okay. Shrug likes being bullied, so it's fine. It's fine. I'm a masochist. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, <laughs> Harmony. It was a game that we all played together but separately. 
The end. <laughs> I want to I want to pull one last quote um, from this game that was Google translated just to really sum it up. And it was from a, a character named Toto who said, I am Toto. I am a salaried worker. Are you okay outside because you are outside? I think that's about right. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds perfect for this game and also for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There we are. Oh, God. Okay, so um, Curry usually comes up with a mystery topic, but Curry is sick, so there is no mystery topic. I'm going to make one up on the spot, word by word. Are you ready? Mystery topic today is, would this game be better with Pokemon? That's the mystery topic today. That's just Shin Megami Tensei, so yeah, it would be. And mystery topic over. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, if this game had Pokemon, they would probably come out of weird holes, and I would shove them all back into their weird holes. Get back in your Poke hole. Oh no! All mons- all monsters must go back in I- their holes. Like the O parts, they are. <laughs> oh, parts. Uh, Ooh, parts. Ooh, parts. Uh, we have hardly done any parts jokes. And I, you know what? I'm on the one hand proud of us, and on the other hand, a little bit disappointed. <laughs> well, that's what happens when we don't have Curry around. I know. It's a real gap. It's a real gap. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the mystery topic. Uh, brought to you by Clint. Oh, fuck, my microphone is coming unclapped from my desk. Somebody else talk for a second. Oh, parts. Nothing more than oh, parts. I don't know any other lyrics to that song. I'm gonna still keep half singing ineptly. Is your mic clamped yet, Clint? I'm just sort of holding it in place, and you know what? That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) You might say that for a moment your names became an out-of-place artifact. Everyone should watch Devil Man. We are recording this literally the day after Devil Man Crybaby came out. Everybody should go watch better than uh, video games. Isn't that a Rob Zombie song? Devil Man Crybaby? No. It's a it's a video game. There know. was Devil May Cry 1, 2, 3, and Baby. I mean, I think Devil Man is a song. Yep, Rob Zombie, Devil Man. Well. Well, yep. he copied it from anime. Yep. Because... Yep. Devil Man has been around since the seventies. He, I think he copies a lot of things from a lot of things. Is Rob Zombie just a blender of culture spewing out the stupidest parts of it? Probably. Devil I... Man, Devil Man, calling Devil Man, Devil Man. Hellhounds leap at the cowardly kings, and they see no evil and feel no pain. Sucking jit. I think these lyrics are... Um, Rude. Hmm. No, I think they're being cut off. Supercharger Heaven slash Dillman. 
Yeah, Jesus lived his life in a cheap hotel on the edge of Route 66. Yeah, he lived in a dark... He lived a dark and a twisted life, but he came right back just to do it again. Eye for an eye, a tooth for a, the truth. I ain't never seen a demon warp dealing, a ring-a-ding rhythm. My jukebox racket, my mind can't clutch the feeling. Devil man, devil man calling, devil man running in my head. Yeah, devil man, devil man calling, devil man <laughs> All running right. in my head. Yeah, yeah, hellhound <laughs> oh, lead. So, which spell is this, Shrug? Which spell is Honeydew casting right now? Uh, self-effacement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. Alright, so <laughs> I'm gonna say that's it for this podcast. We've been going for almost two hours, which is which is less than what we usually do, which is actually, I think, maybe good. I don't know. Anyway, um, but <clears throat> hey, everybody, where can people find you if they want more of you? Hi, I'm Shrug. I'm on the forums as Shrug. I'm on Twitter as at Shrugopolis. Um, I'm very sorry, but it's my birthday. I am Talpa. I don't know why you would want to find more of me, but if you did, you can find me on the forums. You can find me on the No Rangers Allowed podcast, where I play D with Shrug and a few other bozos. And you can find me on Twitter as Memorious Tulpa. And you can find me on uh, uh, Twitch, very rarely nowadays streaming as Tupler. I am no code, and Tulpa stole my line. Uh, you can find me on the selectbutton.net forums and nowhere else. I'm, I'm Fagin. You can just find me on selectbutton.net. Which is real easy. So, um, yeah, uh, just as always, go to selectbutton.net for more inane video game discussion. It's my favorite place. It's my only social outlet. And if it ever disappears, I will melt. Um, I've been Virtual Clint. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Virtual Clint. Um, and if you like this podcast, please spread the word. I want more people to listen to it. Um, you know, tell your fellow jury members, tell your surgeon, I don't know, whoever you talk to. Who do you talk to? I don't talk to anybody. Um, leave us some reviews on iTunes. I will read it on the podcast, even if it's really, really mean. I checked. There's no new reviews. So, goddammit, get to work. Leave those fucking reviews on iTunes. I'll come after you. Um, for I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's not a threat in a legal sense. For updates and to vote on our next game, follow at Snexploration on Twitter. So that's S-N-Exploration on Twitter. Uh, if you have questions or something, you can email Snexploration at gmail.com. Uh, Courier is also running a Tumblr, which can be found at guess what it's snexploration.tumblr.com one of these days i'm gonna have a website with all this stuff on it but for now you're just gonna have to listen to me say it every flipping time um so if everything goes well this podcast is going to come out the day after recording the 7th i am trying out a new schedule so uh if that happens that means you could go vote on the next three games right now because remember you get to vote on which of the three games we're playing and i'm finally getting on the schedule where you can vote right after you listen to the podcast so um if it didn't go well then sorry oops anyway um next week we're going to be playing one of these three games and I think this is a really good batch. Uh, I, and I didn't cheat, I promise. So uh, next week we're going to be playing either Captain Commando. 
Ah. Ah. Uh, the Ninja Gaiden Trilogy. Ah. Yeah. Uh, or Urban Strike. Ah. Urban Strike. Word. Go for Urban Word. Strike. Vote for Urban Strike. I, I, don't don't vote for Ninja Gaidens or uh, Captain Commandos. Those aren't worth it. Vote for Urban Strike and nothing Captain else. Captain Commando doesn't have a helicopter in it. Captain Commando has a baby in a mech. Yeah, but right? no helicopters. So <laughs> yeah, that's a trade-off. It is a trade-off. So there you go. So there's our games for next week. So go on the Twitter. Go on the Twitter and vote. Snexploration on Twitter. Check it out right now. Until next time, it's not Persona 4. It's not Nocturne. It's not... Uh... Yeah. The Odyssey. It's not Might and Magic 3. <laughs> it's not the number two most popular song on... Or the number two most popular Rob Zombie song on allthelyrics.com. Pussy Licker? <laughs> yeah, it's not Dragula. It's not Sonic? <laughs> there we go. This is Dragula's <laughs> number eight. Number eight. Uh, well, naturally. <laughs> this, this, the format of this has gotten looser and looser with time, and I love it. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to us ramble about a game we couldn't actually understand. I appreciate it. Next week, next week we don't have a choice. They're going to be in English. It's all English till we die, unless you choose to play the Japanese version of Captain Commando or Ninja Gaiden trilogy. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, bye. Is there a Japanese version of Urban Strike? I don't think so. I don't think there is. It's. I think it's an NA or EU only game. God damn it. I know. You would think that the Japanese would be all over the uh, helicopter war simulator blow up uh, terrorists in Spain genre, but I guess not. No, no, no. The, the strike games are quirky co-pilot friendship simulators. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they're huge in Japan then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Schnabubula for allowing the use of his incredible song playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye. Give me a B, give me an A, give me a B, give me a Y. What's that spell? What's that spell? What's that spell? Baby. Earl had a baby. Baby was her name. He knew she was crazy. Tiny was the same. Down behind the shed, slaughtering the hog. Slice along the belly, feed it to the dog. Oh no. What? <laughs> hog and dog do not rhyme. Hog and dog. Hog and dog. My, fa- my favorite. Food truck. Best ice cream <laughs> with all, all the flavor and all the texture of dog. <laughs>